Ahoy, and welcome to the Open Journal Blogcast. Here we're going to be talking about mental health and all things related. That includes illness, wellness, stigma and support, and most importantly some of your very own personal stories. We're going to be covering projects, campaigns, education, starting conversations, and looking at some of the tools that support our well-being as well. I'm Mike, and while I'm being mindfully mindless, hopefully myself and my amazing guests will be able to show you you're not alone out there. These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. So I told everything and her face dropped. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so Mm. they can't appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds, and the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. And I think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, Mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, And then they want to talk about it. Ahoy and welcome back to Open Journal. Here we go, it's 2021. It's been a nice, what's it been, three, four week break. It's been nice to have the opportunity just to kind of take a step back. Uh, really looking forward to the uh, range of guests we've got lined up over the next sort of three or four months already. Um, yeah, it kind of, it, it's, a, it's a weird start to the year, isn't it? It's, it definitely is a new year it is a new start and yet at the same point it kind of feels like there's a a bit of a carryover from last year I feel like I'm just waiting for kind of March April time for this year to start really I guess um yeah it's a it's a weird one and I think I would definitely say over the last week or so kind of getting back into to to work after a little bit of a break and picking up a few different projects it really feels like there is a little bit of I guess like a flatness a fatigue uh kind of kicking in straight away around some of the the stuff that's going on and today I'm really delighted to to be joined by Linda and we're going to be talking a bit about fatigue and about kind of the two very different ways fatigue is affecting people at the moment there is kind of I think uh casual side the side that I'm talking about about the kind of a, a mental fatigue of um i guess lockdown covid and everything related to to that and i think we're starting to see a lot of i suppose general conversations and online conversations around fatigue so we're going to be talking a little bit about that but we're also going to be talking about kind of the other end of the scale uh about kind of chronic fatigue about um quite serious conditions of, of health being affected by fatigue um and we're going to talk a little bit about linda's experience and how that's led to kind of business and charity startups and a range of different projects and i think it's 
a really interesting conversation. Oh they're always interesting conversations to me. Uh, but it's a really interesting conversation to really start to think about the different ways that fatigue does and can affect our lives in what I'm describing, I guess, as a, a casual sense. And then that may be a kind of critical or, or serious illness side of fatigue. Um, and those being kind of linked in some way, but also very, very different. I think in a similar way to the way we've spoken about um, kind of illnesses like anxiety in the past um, and probably others as well, where we've spoken about kind of these um, common or lower level symptoms, I guess you could call them, but also this kind of crisis, um, high level or high need side that is is really focused in on an illness it's not necessarily about the those kind of common symptoms it's about an illness uh so i'm really looking forward to sharing this conversation with you i hope you uh enjoy it i hope you get an insight into fatigue into chronic fatigue syndrome and to, to some of the projects that linda's involved with so a massive thank you to her for coming on for sharing her information knowledge experience and insights um around fatigue it was a because hey it was a really interesting conversation i hope you enjoy it as always, if you are prompted to think you would like to come on uh, and be a guest on Open Journal, you can do that by having a look at the information on the website, which is openjournalbc.com. It'll give you some of the information about being a guest and what you can do um, and how to contact me. Like I say, we've got a range of guests booked for, for the next sort of three plus months or so, so I'm really looking forward to, to sharing those stories and experiences. But today, we're going to be focusing in on, on Linda, her story, and, and some of our discussions around fatigue. I hope you enjoy it, and I look forward to speaking to you again soon. How, how has the last week been for you, Linda? Um, well, I think it's been, for all of us, um, it's been quite challenging, really, because we, you know, last year was, was challenging and these uncertain times, and we were kind of came into a new year thinking that life could kind of have some normality around it. But actually, that, that just hasn't happened. Um, our situation has become worse, um, and it even though we try not to, it puts us all into a place of fear. Um, and that feeling and emotion isn't good for any of us. So I've been trying really hard to stay positive with really concentrating on what is good in my life, because we can all find something that we can be positive about and we can be thankful for and have gratitude for. So the fact that I start my day every day doing a walk, I walk my little, my little dog, and that sets me up. It starts me in a routine. It keeps me into good habits, which what our body likes and enjoys. So whether it's been raining, snowing, fog, sun shining, I've started my day. And this morning was where I live was a really dull, damp, dark day. But I went out and I did it. In fact, of being in nature, being in fresh air and actually being grateful that I can walk because a long time ago I was unable to walk and I was even grateful of see, seeing you know the rain drops on, on leaves outside you know that that's where I got to it, it 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 strips you back to your core self of actually who are you and what are you grateful for and at the moment I think we've all got to be very very conscious and aware of that 
about really, really digging deep within ourselves and saying, what what have I got and what am I grateful for? I think some really, really interesting points there as well. And that's just your last couple of days. Um, <laughs> I think, yeah, you kind of you mentioned that side of, of looking back and trying to pick out some of the positives. And I think mm-hmm. that's such a, a big thing for us to be able to do at the moment when it feels like you say it's it's dark it's cold it's wet it's winter um and it is a time that's maybe a little bit more difficult to be positive without what what's happened over the last year um and kind of your personal right to to think is definitely something we could be looking at but kind of feeling that i think uh, definitely across the country if not much much wider scope there of um kind of what's been going on for the last year of of being restricted of having limited opportunities to do certain things and and working in different ways um that that feels like a real kind of overflow from from last year that we we still have um and I was wondering if you feel kind of with your experience whether that's something that um we've had in previous years and maybe just not spoken about as much or is that something that you think is kind of maybe more prominent this year I think um, because we've all had space and time, which we never had before, Mm. we all are 24-7, all of us. Um, And I recently did a TEDx talk just before we uh, locked down in March last year. And my big message about that was um, that we can't all keep living 24-7. We can't keep pushing ourselves all the time. Something's got to give. Um, and actually, this is what's happened to the world has given each and every one of us, whether we are retired, whether we're working, whether we've got a young family, whether we're living on our own, whether we, we're a, a young person. You know, we've we've all had that time to really think, what is my life about? What am I doing? What do I want in my life now going forward? Um, and actually, I do have a choice. And it's up to me to make that choice and make that change. And I think because we've had that space, um, it's given people the opportunity to do that. It won't be for everybody, but that that's fine. We it, It's what you want and where you're coming from for the future. And I think this, the last year, has really highlighted that. And coming into a new year now, um, January generally is a tough month for everybody anyway. You know, after Christmas and mm. everything that goes with Christmas and then January it's it's it tends to be dark it's cold um it's a long winter and we just go with that approach where actually let's make that change and say we're in this situation at the moment it's not going to be forever this this time will pass and we will come through this but it's actually about nurturing you and doing something every day that makes you feel good so we've got this space at the moment and, and let's use it for whatever capacity that is, whether you know you are more creative with it might be art, it might be reading, it might be exercise, it might just be about chilling out and relaxing. Um, whatever that is, find something, find something new and try something. Might not work, so try something else. Give it a go. I, I think it definitely is something I've heard kind of more people talk about I think since maybe not uh, at the stage we were in in the summer but kind of autumn leading into winter time a lot more people kind of reflecting on um, kind of what they do for their jobs their career their their kind of leisure time as well definitely reconsidering that in terms of 
is this what I want to be spending my my time and my emotions on? Is this what I want to be kind of financially investing in? Um, and does seem like there are, there are many more people kind of really taking stock of of where they are, who they are, and and what they that what they want to be um, more so than I think I've ever seen before. Like people hit certain points in their life and and have that reflection, but there seems like a lot of people are having that reflection right now um and i guess that kind of in a very loose segue um kind of provides us with an opportunity just to hear kind of who you are and who you are moving into to 2021 well i I come from um 15 years ago where my whole life completely changed i lost me i lost my world um to chronic fatigue syndrome and I was career driven, had a great social life, you know, a young family, good health. I, you know, my life was good. I felt complete. I felt fulfilled. And from that, everything changed where I, I lost everything. I couldn't, I couldn't walk. I couldn't talk. My short term memory loss went every joint, every pain hurt in my body to the degree of, in the morning, I'd literally roll out of bed and crawl on my hands and knees because I, I didn't have the strength, capacity to stand up, mm. to have a shower, that to the water hitting my skin would be excruciating. That's where my body was at. And I'd completely burnt out. Um, and through that experience, I, I lost my home, I lost my marriage, I lost my career, and I lost my meaning and purpose. And it took a good few years to get a diagnosis of what was wrong. Um, Then it was, well, we don't know what to do with you. You've got chronic fatigue syndrome, which was great. I I knew what I'd got then. I thought, right, we can sort this. And then it was, well, we we can't treat it. There's no support for you. So I had from that, I had some very, very dark days um, where on one occasion I, I wanted to end my life because I had no hope. I felt a burden to my family, you know, who wants me? I'm, I'm not the mother I should be. I'm better off if I go, then the family will be fine. Mm. Um, and it took me a long, long time of determination, courage, and almost to m- make friends with me again to say, okay, this has happened, accept it. And that was a big step and it took a long time to do that. I need to work with this and I can reverse this. But actually it has to come from me. Um, And I became my own life coach. And the reason why I did that was because my my meaning and purpose was my my son and daughter were young at the time and they needed their mum. And that was my rationale to turn this around. And I became my own life coach. It took a long, long time. Um, I had lots of relapses of trying things that worked, things didn't work, um, seeing therapists that were great within their field, but they didn't know how to treat somebody with chronic fatigue syndrome. So generally big detox, you know, feel like I, I was dying. I always really felt like I was dying, but I felt even more so um, because you have to treat the body very gently. We're all individual. We're all different. And it's about treating that individual as uh, having that holistic approach of the whole concept of the mind and the body. Um, so I 
decided to get each symptom and start reversing each one, one by one. Okay. Um, which is why it did take a long time, but I did get there. Um, it took, you know, a good 10 years um, of looking at my nutrition. Um, I thought I was eating healthy, but I quite, you know, I wasn't. I wasn't nourishing my body the way I was. And we talked about, you know, moving from autumn to winter earlier. Our bodies change with the seasons as well. So where I'd say I'm eating a salad in the winter, saying I'm being healthy, actually our bodies don't want things like that in the, in the summertime. That's fine, but we need more of the warming um, soups and things like that in 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 the winter. Um, and then I looked at movement. I was scared to move because everything hurt so much. My body was so inflamed. Um, so then you tend not to move. But actually, our bodies enjoy movement, but it's the it's taking small steps and it's not pushing yourself. So somebody with chronic fatigue syndrome tends to a day where they're feeling good with energy and vitality. They're like, right, today I'm going to go and do this, this, this and this because I'm feeling fantastic. And actually, what you do is you use all your energy up and then you burnt out again for another week to two weeks where you have to recover. So the key is, is pacing. So where you'd look to do 10 things that day, you'd look to do two or three maximum. And that's hard for somebody who's very active mentally. You know, this is the high achievers, the perfectionists, the driven people who just keep going all the time. They're not the type of people to sit back and relax. So to do relaxation meditation is really, really difficult. But, you know, to be able to start retraining the mind like that and slowing everything down has huge results for people. But it does take time. There's no quick fix with something like this. And where I've been working with people over the last 15 years with, you know, early signs of, of you know, burnout where they're waking up feeling unrefreshed, you know, they're having lots of headaches. They're having sore throats, swollen glands, digestive problems. You know, the memory's not quite as sharp and they know something's not quite right. But they don't know what it is. And they generally put it down to I'm stressed. And yes, they probably are stressed. But actually, short term stress is good for us. But long term, our bodies just can't sustain it. So our bodies are here to protect ourselves. And it actually with my body it was screaming out saying stop just stop and I didn't I chose to ignore those early signs and I got into this chronic condition and once you get there it's a long way back up so once I did get well enough to be able to then look at my life again and what can I offer back into society I was really really passionate about helping and supporting other people that been through or going through a similar journey to me. So I started a charity called Salute Fatigue Foundation. That was 11 years ago from a living room, just a little small support group at the time. And But I was passionate about making that change in the people's lives and saying, you're not on your own. We're here together. I'm here to help you. Um, and was inundated with people. So I then got some small um, funding from um, local government and that was my springboard to having National Lottery Fund um, up until the last 11 years and some local funding as well, 
we've made a difference to over 15,000 people along with a really, really committed, passionate team within the charity um, and created awareness for people about this condition and reached out to a lot of communities. And then my other passion, not that I wasn't doing enough, was, <laughs> and I am mindful of checking in with myself saying, Linda, don't go back where you came from, you know. So I am very much um, checking every day. I say to these people, check in, check in with yourself every day, connect to you, listen to your body. So amongst all of this, my other passion was to help people with early intervention, prevention, specifically in the workplace, because I kept seeing it time and time again over the last 15 years, early signs of burnout which would lead into chronic fatigue and other chronic conditions mm. um, so I formed a company called life for changing and it's about changing lives again and it's that early intervention piece of people in the business world where they are living 24 7 and even now I hear people now on all my virtual meetings people are filling their time now even though they're work they're maybe working from home or they might be furloughed, or they might have lost their job, they're still filling their time. And they're, they're now saying, I've got no time. What's that all about? Why do we keep doing it as a society, filling our space? You know, what, what have we got to do to break this habit <laughs> that we all live in? You know, I, I learned the hard way. I learned the hard way and it took a long time, but I'm here to tell the story and I'm here to share that, to inspire and give hope to others to say, you know, you have a choice. If I didn't make the choice that I made, I would still be bed bound now at home um, in an awful situation. And I, I, you know, I'm in touch with a lot of people who are there as well. And, you know, I, I reach out to them where I can and, you know, offer that support and help and that compassion. But it's, I just plead with people, just listen to your body, just listen to your inner self because it's there to protect you and it will help you and support you and guide you. Don't ignore those signs. And also look out for people who are close to you. I know it's more difficult at the moment, um, more so than ever, because we can't get together as we, as we did. But you know, if you can virtually do your, your calls and your meetings that way and just look out for those signs. And if you see a change in somebody, you know, reach out to them, ask them a, a few questions. Um, and sometimes that just is the right question to ask at the right time where you can help support other people. Thank you for sharing uh, kind of so much of your, of your experience there. I think um there's obviously lots of points uh, i'd love to dive into um i think kind of really early on you were mentioning that that side of of not necessarily knowing what was going on and struggling to find the diagnosis and then kind of getting it but not having support that's accessible and i think from my experience that seems to be a very common thing for people experiencing uh mental health difficulties for kind of anything that isn't depression or anxiety seemingly um and kind of your your route through to to a lot of things kind of started off with that being your own life coach or being your own counsellor type role and I've kind of heard that phrasing quite a few times now 
Um, and I'm still in between whether I think it's a really, really good thing to encourage people to do or not, because there should be support to facilitate that. Um, but I also realise we don't live in an idealised world and, and this is the world that we live in. So it'd be interesting to hear from you kind of having gone through that experience and, and being involved in creating more support for people that are struggling now or um, that are starting to see some of those signs through your preventative work. Um, kind of what your viewpoint is now of, of encouraging people to to be their own life coach, to to, to be their own counsellor and, and manage their own kind of recovery journey. I think I've realised it's OK not to be OK. And at the time I was ill, I was embarrassed. And I see a lot of that. People don't want to put their hand up and say, I'm not OK. I think it's becoming easier. Um, and I'd say to every single person, reach out, ask for that support and ask for that help where you can, whether it's family, friends, or you're going to, um, you know, an actual health practitioner, but ask for that help. And in between that help, you know, guide yourself as well, because only you know you. you, you know yourself better than anybody and trust your inner intuition. And we've all got that within us. It's about just going a little bit deeper. Um, for some people, that will feel quite strange. Um, but as I say to everyone, give it a go. You know, all the things I did were all very, very new to me. You know, I was a woman that was a million miles an hour. I didn't have time for anything, let alone myself or anyone else. You know, that was me. Um, but, you know, I've changed so much. And there's a lot of help and support out there now and a lot of stuff you can access but don't do it on your own i'd had to do that i i had help around me at, at parts of my journey mm. but the very early stages i was so lonely and isolated um because nobody i called it my world and no because nobody understood my world why would they um you, you can't see it it's a silent no. No, and I like that idea of you kind of mentioned just just try things and maybe it doesn't work and maybe it's not for you. Um, and I think that's a really important message to get across, especially if you're at the stage where maybe you're struggling with getting a diagnosis or you've just got it and you can't find some support. Um, I think so often like there is something that would be useful to you, but you're just not made aware of it. You are often, unfortunately, kind of left to discover those things yourself um and you even mentioned kind of like the mindfulness side and just it always makes me chuckle because I've done a I think it's like a 45 minute mindfulness session it was really useful really found it helpful have I done another one since no um and it, it's just <laughs> that side of I realized yeah. actually that would be really useful for me for whatever reason um I'm not kind of connected enough to go I'm going to sit down and do that for 45 minutes I would say I do try to do sort of three to five minutes here and there. And that's my kind of ability to incorporate it in some way. That's great. That's great. That's better. That's, yeah. And I think that It doesn't have to be 45 minutes. It doesn't have to be. And you don't have to sit in a quiet place all the time either. You can do it. You can do a walking meditation if you're out walking. Um, you know, you, you can do it anywhere. It doesn't have to be, all right, I've got to go into this space and it's all going to be candles and it's all going to be comfy cushions. You know, if that's not for you, do, you know, think, do yeah. what works for you always. But I think that that then starts to come across when you're talking about kind of that be your own coach type 
type mentality that's when you almost give yourself permission to go it doesn't matter that that's how it tells me to do it or how I've been told to do it I'll do it how it works for me and I think it, it is giving people that um confidence or that permission to to go try it see how it works does it does it work for you does it not work for you or does it need to be changed slightly and you kind of you you build that up Um, it's also about it's if whatever you're doing if you are it's like somebody paints that's a meditation in itself because they're switching off it's switching off the mind if you if if people go for a run and they enjoy running for example they're switching off their mind it's whatever works for you you know even stroking your dog or your cat is very very healing um and there's there's research on things like that that it doesn't have to be seated or lying down to just zone out from something yeah i think um we kind of mentioned some of the 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 more serious side of of chronic fatigue there as well and i think that sometimes something that we're we're not seeing discussed there's some really great attention being given to to depression and anxiety and sometimes to to kind of ocd and eating disorders but um i would say more complex illnesses are often kind of left for um essentially more of you just go and find out yourself because it's harder to diagnose there's less support for that um kind of what would your what would your hopes be for we've spoken a a little bit about kind of coming into a new year and and hoping for change in a range of different areas um but what would your hopes be for for those illnesses that are are more complex and are support i think i'm okay in saying generally just supported less well it's like for example what we've done in the last year we've um not we don't just work with people with chronic fatigue syndrome now we work with people who've had cancer use that as an example radiotherapy chemotherapy they're left with really bad fatigue afterwards Mm. Uh, meningitis sepsis um you know those are just a handful of chronic conditions and they've been treated for that condition but then they've been left with fatigue and people don't they don't know what it is so they then think something else is wrong with them but actually it's fatigue and it, and it needs to be treatable. So we've opened our reach now because our fatigue is our specialism. And obviously now we're looking at COVID-19, somebody who's, you know, been really affected with that and survived it with long COVID, mm. they're left with really bad fatigue. It's one of the, the main symptoms um, because it just doesn't just go away. It, it, it has to be treated in the right way. Um, what we found over the years is with um, medics, they don't know how to treat fatigue. You know, before it was told, well, keep exercising, you know, keep pushing yourself. Well, yeah. No, it, it's about, yes, move, but do it in the right way. And it needs to be guided. So what we did with all of our um, knowledge um, and work over the last 10 years, we've actually put it on um, an online hub. Okay. So that people can access that from home, wherever they are, and it's a 90-day journey, and we take them on a wellness journey. So it's not like having access to all the information in one go, mm. because that's not going to help somebody. They need to be guided, yeah. um, and 
all of our content's been put together by our, our amazing team of health practitioners. Some of them have been through fatigue themselves. Um, and we've put all our expertise online now so that people can have access to that because it's so important. So we as a charity now reach out to all other conditions because again, there is still lack of provision and, and there always will be because everything's evolving as we go. And now the next one is is long COVID. Yeah, really kind of interesting to hear your, your approach and those actions to essentially cover a wider um, audience, I guess. To, to show the fact that those areas are kind of under supported um, to, to provide that extra support in the, in that way. And and then, yeah, to look at kind of where we are at the moment and where we're going to be for the next period of time, however long that is, um, with COVID. Fatigue is, is something that we're going to, I think, whether we'll see investment, but we're going to hear more about fatigue um, and I think it's definitely something in terms of kind of lower level symptoms that we're hearing about people kind of struggling with working from home, um, increased use of screens, which I have to admit in the last week, I've suddenly started to reflect on this and thought, actually, I'm spending probably 90 percent of my day looking at a screen. Um, it is something I think we're going to start to see discussed at that that kind of general level in terms of fatigue having an impact on most of the population um and i suppose just yeah just to ask kind of what your what your insights what your thoughts are about um what that might mean in terms of kind of a general level of awareness increasing slightly but obviously the focus is, is i'm assuming going to be very much on that lower level symptom rather than um kind of a, a more complex side yeah well i i think for us i mean i've been shouting out about fatigue for years and people just don't quite get it uh, or some people didn't quite believe it. Oh, it's, you know, you're just tired. No, it's more than that, completely more than that. Um, so for for us as a charity and really, you know, champions of, you know, fatigue does exist and this is the impact it has on, on families and communities. We're hearing the word fatigue all the time now. Um, radio, TV, people are talking about it. So the understanding of fatigue is very different now because it, it's real, because mm. we're hearing it, feeling it and seeing it. So whether you've um, had long COVID or somebody near to you, or you are working from home, or you are at home, if you are retired or you're not working, or you've lost your job, or you're a young person in education, people are struggling with fatigue and feeling it now because we are not living in our normal way mm. and even when we do get back to some normality we don't know what that's going to look like now nobody knows what that looks like um, and how that's going to affect us um, but it will and it is affecting us now so it's about bringing us back to here and now and I will say to people bring yourself back to the present moment you can't change what's happened in the past and you can't look at what's going to happen for the future because that may change mm -hmm. so don't worry about that bring yourself back to the present moment the here and now what am I doing now am I enjoying myself if I'm not what what can I change to get the life that I want and I need and that goes into a bit of law of attraction then 
which is kind of another aspect of yes having gratitude and being grateful for what we've got because then we receive more of that mm. but it's about feeling and believing and looking at our body language um what type of words are we using you know are we early days of my condition i'm gonna beat this i'm gonna attack this you know there's that fight well actually I, t- I removed those words and said actually i'm going to make friends with this this is going to be my my best friend and it becomes lighter it, it, it life starts to flow everything just feels easier and i think that's what we need to be doing now is bringing ourselves back into the here and now yes it's always good to have goals short medium and long term but have fun with it you know be a bit lighter with it and if something doesn't work it's like you'll always find a way it's okay you'll always find a way always so it's kind of getting life to be and i know this sounds really bizarre at the moment because of what's going on and you know we talk about fear at the very beginning and i admitted mm-hmm. that you know i've been in that place recently we all have if we're absolutely honest but bring keep bringing yourself back to saying yes i believe have hope and faith that everything will work out because it always does always i think that's a really important message for us to to kind of hold on to as well isn't it and like you said you know we we don't know if if that kind of version of okay for us is coming tomorrow next week next month next year who knows um but i think holding on to kind of we will get there um but i also wanted to to mention something that you kind of picked up on there which i thought was really interesting and kind of linked us back to something you were talking about earlier is that um you talk about the fatigue and instantly in my mind i just suddenly remembered zoom fatigue as like a (laughs) this was then a saying and a phrase that was used and um kind of thinking back to when you were speaking earlier about kind of filling time and pushing yourself to to do all these different things and and then you were mentioning kind of now how we manage our time and I think that's something that probably a lot of us haven't reflected on that we think uh we're, we're sat here we're ready to work so let's work um and kind of continue and push yourself to do more and more and more when kind of a year two years ago whenever um we would have had natural breaks in our day we would have had to have kind of you know got up to to go a little bit further to go to the toilet we would have had to go into the other room to do some printing or we would have had to drop something off somewhere um we would have had to drive to another venue or another building and that would have kind of broken up our day given us time to kind of reflect and think um about the different things that are going on with at the moment for most of us we're not going anywhere (laughs) we've kind of lost probably like two hours worth of time in the day every day where we would have had that natural break just to let stuff move around in our head um and i think there's a real importance in terms of kind of managing that and recognizing that okay you don't have that time anymore can you incorporate it in some way or don't have the expectation that kind of you start work at this time and you finish at this time and and you have to constantly be typing or on screen for that duration you would have had kind of natural breaks through the day before and, and tried to incorporate those. Um, and that really came across through through a few different things that you mentioned. I just thought that's something that yeah we should all be doing. And I think I probably 
reflected on it a couple of times in the last six months but never actually done that <laughs> never gone oh I would have had a break now so it's okay just to kind of chill out for 10 minutes yeah. and, and not kind of worry about being productive yeah. I just having that break will support kind of my long-term productivity and health um and that's definitely something I think that that we can all pick up and all learn from from kind of some of the things that you've mentioned there so important it is so important to have breaks and and i've even found myself doing a whole you know 14 hour day someday and i'm like what why have you done that you're going back into your old habits and it's mm. like well there's nothing to do tonight so i may as well work and actually i quite enjoy it and i'm thinking if i haven't moved today um you know i've literally sat at my you saying about your screen time yeah, yeah. um and that is not good for our well-being, mentally or physically or spiritually at all. Um, and those are the type of things we we just have to stop. And that is down to ourselves to take responsibility and say, actually, we've got to change that. And and I did from having a break over Christmas. I said, right, January from then, I've got to make some really strong healthy boundaries of myself because I was getting into bad habits again and it happens it just we naturally just slip into that so it's about finding what's my routine that day what are my boundaries and I'm going to stick to that because as I said at the beginning our bodies like those routines mm. I find for me what works for me is I walk in the morning if I don't do that my day is not as productive because that's my time to have some thinking time, some space and some time for me. And again, I I was finding I was doing my walk someday, looking at my emails, answering calls. I've stopped that now. I said, this is my time for me. And then again, mid-morning break, lunchtime, mid-afternoon, mm. and then finishing at a reasonable time in the evening because my afternoons were going into my evenings. And it's so important for some people that, you know, have lost jobs as well and their whole lifestyles changed because they've gone from being very busy and having that meaning and purpose. And now they're thinking, and I've been there, it's what am I doing? You know, what what's my purpose or somebody who's retired? Um, you know, they're at home now. They're not mixing with society how they were um you've got to find a routine but do have a routine that works for you again don't set yourself a task that you know you're not you know if you're not a morning person don't set your alarm for six o'clock in the morning knowing you're going to fail and then beat yourself up about it (laughs) i've come to complete terms that my alarm goes for an hour before i get up (laughs) (laughs) okay so you're uh you're definitely uh, an owl then you're not a lark yeah no I I, I do yeah. I like to, I like to think I like the idea of being a morning person <laughs> yeah. but it just it doesn't quite happen no so you you know you you do it right you get up later I am I I'm a morning person but come late in the evening I'm like you get nothing out of me because I'm like you know I'm, I'm ready for bed yeah and that's the difference so it's working with what works for you don't try and change who who you are in that respect because it will just go get you. do small changes you know make those small changes and get just start to nudge gently but don't do that whole big i'm going to go from there to there because you're just not going to achieve it so it's that small step small rewards 
bit by bit and then start to shift you know if it is your body clock you want to shift waking up and mm. going to bed just do it gradually and it and it will happen and the same with you know eating you know if you, if you want to change your eating habits and what you're eating um you know just do those gentle changes so if you're going if you're a big coffee drinker for example have one less cup a day mm. replace it with some fresh water or something not not a can of coke or something like that because that's going to defeat the whole object <laughs> um you know replace it with something healthy at least um and make that change i'm a chocoholic i, I will openly say i love my chocolate and i i was eating way too much again because i was at home and it was there and it's like oh that'll help me if I eat that that'll help me sit at my screen for a bit longer you know any excuse we find don't we yeah um, yeah so I said in January, that's it. I, for me, I am all or nothing because that works for me. I can't have a little bit of something. That's that's my personality trait, and I've accepted that. Um, so what I will do is I'm using this as an example where I'd normally have chocolate. I've replaced it with something else sweet that's healthier. Um, so I'm still getting that sweet intake that I really, really, I yeah. don't really need it, but I feel that but, I need yeah. it. <laughs> So, you know, it's, it's, you can, I'm using that as an example of saying, don't cut it out completely, but change it with something else. It's a good example. And I think kind of nicely starts to, to round us off, kind of linking back to some of the earlier stuff we mentioned about kind of being your own coach and working out what works for you. And I always think it's, a, it's been a good conversation when you can link back to other parts of it. I'm like, there's a, there's a good message in there. Um, and we've mentioned quite a lot uh, around, fatigue some of the kind of the higher level um side and also some of the the symptoms that people might be feeling in a general sense at the moment as well um but if people wanted to find out uh, a little bit more about you linda or or some of the work and the projects that we've mentioned today where would be uh good places for them to go to find out about those things so you could go to um www.saluce.org.uk that's our charity saluce fatigue foundation um and that will we've got a free community hub on there that you can have access to um some blogs um some professional videos and then you can link into the actual hub um where you can have um, access to all the content it's 10 pounds subscription um per month um which is you don't have to sign up for a year or anything like that you just pay pay as you go um, and then we have our Facebook community as well, which is a closed page. You can ask to come on to that where we have a lot of peer support and engagement and interaction. And we have some um, live posts there from our health practitioners um, every Wednesday. And then I have um, Life for Changing as well, which is um, my business where you can have access if you want um, support in your businesses for yourself, for your employees, more early intervention um but if you google me linda jones then you'll you'll find find a way um certainly and and we're really really passionate about um helping people that's that's what where i come from and the rest of the team that are fantastic that work very closely with me we're here to help people don't struggle on your own um reach out to us we're here to help you and you know, believe in you because you, you you have choices. Every one of us has a choice, um, and make that change. You you can do it. If I've done it and I've come from where I've come from, you can do it too. 
Awesome. Thank you so much for, for sharing your insights and, and giving us those really good examples of, of kind of both ends of the scale at, at different interventions as well. It's been really interesting to, to hear a little bit more about you and also kind of fatigue as well. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing your experience. Thank you, Mike. Really, really enjoyed it. It's been good fun. Thank you. These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. So I told everything and her face dropped. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can't appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds. And the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. And I think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it.